This is Evidence-Based GI, and ACG production, and I'm Philip Schoenfeld, Editor-in-Chief. Today, we'll be discussing a common but controversial issue about whether NSAID use provokes flares in patients with quiescent IBD. With me today is Philip Okafor, Senior Associate Consultant in the Department of Gastroenterology at the Mayo Clinic in Florida. So welcome, Phil, and let's go ahead and start again. I think we're frequently taught in GI fellowship to educate our IBD patients to avoid NSAIDs because there's been some epidemiologic data that it might induce a flare, and certainly NSAIDs can damage the GI mucosa, but there seems to be uh, contradictory literature about that. So what did you find on this topic? Uh, thank you for having me today. Yeah, it, like you said, it's a very, very controversial subject. And mostly because, you know, we have very limited analgesic options for our patients with inflammatory bowel disease. So when they report pain, the choices we have are not a lot. NSAIDs are commonly used for pain relief. And, and so they come to the fore when it comes to treating pain. And you're right, as a fellow back in the day, I was thought to avoid NSAIDs in uh, patients with IBD because of concern for relapse of disease when you treat them with NSAIDs. So very controversial. It's a very difficult uh, study to subject. I, I compare it to trying to study a PPI because these medications are over the counter. So it's very hard to scientifically, at least in a rigorous way, make conclusions that are valid and reproducible. And a lot, there's a lot of research out there, Phil, that, like you said, have shown mixed results. Uh, and so this present study by Dr. Cohen Meckelberg and her group did a good job, at least the best to the best they could, to control for those major limitations that have plagued existing studies. And I think it's a very relevant topic uh, to discuss today. Absolutely. And again, just to summarize that, when patients present with pain symptoms, then we have different options, NSAIDs, opioids, acetaminophen. And if a patient presents with abdominal pain and gets an NSAID and then subsequently is diagnosed with a flare of IBD, then we're, we're left wondering, did the NSAID induce an IBD flare or was the patient experiencing an IBD flare and then got prescribed an NSAID, and thus what we call reverse causality. And as you said, in your summary in the December issue of Evidence-Based GI, which is entitled NSAID Use and the Risk of IBD Exacerbations, Fact or Fiction, you're reviewing a study from Shirley Cohen Meckelberg and colleagues at the University of Michigan, which is in the November issue of American Journal of Gastroenterology. And they try to control for reverse causality to eliminate the potential that, in fact, patients were experiencing an IBD flare first and then got prescribed NSAIDs and then were diagnosed with the IBD flare to eliminate the possibility that, in fact, the NSAID use is merely a marker that the patient was having pain associated with an IBD flare. So what did they do in this study? 
you summarize it very nicely, it's the chicken or the egg, which came first. What he did was they used a very large data set from the uh, Veterans Affairs uh, corporate data warehouse, so the VA data. And they you know, used a very long study period. So they summarized data from January 1st, 2004 to September 30, 2015. And I think this coincided with the use of ICD-9 codes. And so they got this cohort of patients and they did a good job trying to reduce any ascertainment bias to, to make sure they're capturing patients that really had inflammatory bowel disease, so including Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. And they looked at patients who'd been exposed among this cohort they generated, who'd been exposed to NSAIDs at some point and matched those patients to like patients who had not been exposed to NSAIDs. They compared uh, their primary outcome, which was an exacerbation for amateur bowel disease between both groups. And like you said, did different methodologies to minimize any confounding that may be residual or also minimize the, the reverse causality phenomenon we talked about. As you said, they started by doing really a classic epidemiologic study of over 35,000 IBD patients with what we call propensity score matching so that they had patients who identified as having IBD flares, patients who had quiescent IBD, patients who took NSAIDs, patients who didn't take NSAIDs to be able to see if there was an association there. And maybe you can comment on that. For that initial classic epidemiologic study, looks like they did show evidence that NSAID use was associated with IBD flares. Yes. So, so they, you know, they matched about 15,000 patients who'd been exposed to NSAIDs to about 19,000 patients who'd not been exposed to NSAIDs. And they summarized that, and unsurprisingly, you know, it's VA data. So the majority of the patients were, were male and were also white. And the mean follow-up period is about six years. And so what they found was amongst the patients who'd been exposed to NSAIDs, there was a about 24% higher likelihood of having a flare of inflammatory bowel disease after NSAID exposure compared to the cohort of patients who had not been exposed to NSAIDs. So, so like you said, the initial epidemiologic study did show, you know, the higher likelihood of having an IBD flare, but they didn't stop there. So they now try to address those concerns that you know, epidemiologic studies have by also comparing the risk of having an IBD flare in both groups now before NSAID exposure. And they found a 30% higher likelihood of, of inflammatory bowel disease exacerbations before the NSAID exposure. And when they put, computed the numbers together, they felt there was some possibility of residual confounding since the risk of a flare was actually higher before NSAID exposure and then after NSAID exposure. So just to summarize that, because it's a really key point, in the classic epidemiologic study, there was a calculated hazard ratio of 1.24. So patients with IBD who were on NSAIDs were 24% more likely to have an IBD flare. But then as part of additional analysis, just looking at the patients who are on NSAIDs, 
found they also had a 30% likelihood of having had a flare before they got NSAIDs as well as versus after. I may not be phrasing that precisely right, but it's really more of a sign that we're identifying patients who are having frequent flares of their IBD. Now, they did a specific case series analysis with what we call within-person exposure to look at the likelihood of having a flare in relation to when you had the NSAIDs dispensed to you. What did they find with that? Yeah, so that was a very interesting analysis, Phil, because I hadn't really read about this before. So they took about 4,000 patients who'd had at least an IBD flare and who'd been exposed to NSAIDs, and they looked at the incident rate ratio in different time points. So they had a pre-exposure period, which was one year before the NSAID exposure, and they looked at different time points after NSAID exposure based on what they felt was, you know, risk of having a you know flare. So they divided the post-exposure period into an initial two-week transition period right after the dispensation of the NSAID. Then another window was a two to six-week post-NSAID dispensation date. And then the last time frame was six weeks to six months. And they did sensitivity analysis around these and found that you know there was no difference between the likelihood of having an IBD flare at least after the two to six weeks time frame post exposure to the NSAID. So in summary, you know, they felt that this cohort of patients who were flaring up and using NSAIDs may be by definition at a high risk of having IBD exacerbations. And we cannot solely attribute those flares to the NSAID use. During the first two weeks after it was dispensed, there was a high rate of these patients being diagnosed with an IBD flare, but then it was much smaller two to six weeks after it being dispensed and, and essentially no difference six weeks to six months after being dispensed. And that suggests that a lot of the time these patients were getting dispensed NSAIDs for some pain-related issue and almost immediately being diagnosed with an IBD flare and that very likely that NSAID just being uh, prescribed reflected the fact they may have been in the midst of either a true IBD flare or maybe having an arthralgia related to an IBD flare developing. Given that, and given the variable literature on this, what do you do in your own practice? You know, whether it be a hospitalized patient with IBD or whether it be a patient with quiescent IBD who asks you about whether or not they can use NSAIDs periodically. Yeah, I think, you know, the first thing is to acknowledge that the study exists and, you know, inform patients on the data. I think typically, you know, in the inpatient situation, when patients get admitted with a flare of the inflammatory bowel disease, we tend to start them on intravenous steroids. So they, they start to feel better. So personally, I, I don't think my practice, at least in the hospital, in the acute hospitalization setting will change. I think we'll still default to the anti-inflammatory benefits of intravenous steroids. But I do think that the impact of the study may be felt, at least on a larger scale, in the outpatient setting for maybe non-IBD related pain. And we can, you know, inform patients and say, you know, for instance, if you have toe pain, then you need a day or two of anti-inflammatories that the data, from, at least from this study, you know, does not appear to show that NSAIDs come fair and increases with IBD flare. So maybe you could use that for 
the regular day-to-day outpatient non-IBD pain. So that might that may change my practice, Phil. Right. I think I look at this data and I think this study provides additional epidemiologic tools to assess this. And if I have a patient with quiescent IBD who has a good reason to be on NSAIDs or some type of medication for joint pain, then I'd rather they use an NSAID as opposed to an opioid or an acetaminophen-based opioid, and that the risk, if it's truly there, is probably very small, and that the literature is conflicting. So again, just basically, if they have a good reason to be on it, it's probably a reasonable thing to do if they have quiescent IBD, and that we should just recognize when our IBD patients are presenting with pain, especially abdominal pain, that NSAIDs are probably not the way to go, and we should be investigating them for more aggressive therapy for their IBD. It will be helpful in the future if there's additional research on this, although I think it's unlikely we'll ever see a randomized controlled trial, which would be the definitive study to see if NSAIDs increase the risk of IBD flares. Anything else you'd like to see in particular in the future? Yeah, it's an excellent point. It's no one's going to fund that study. That's the first problem. Two, you know, I think it's very difficult to study NSAIDs because they're over-the-counter. And so it's just hard to measure, but, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, the authors did a very good job trying to control for what they know and don't know. Um, and it's it, it, in my review of the paper, the maybe directions I'd love to see in the future would be reproducing using the same methodology in a different population. So externally validating because the, the limitation of VA data as great as the VA data is, as you know, it's uh, you know very skewed, uh, very, largely skewed towards the male, older male population. And IBD, even though it has you know historically has we've been taught it has a biphasic incidence. You know we didn't see a lot of younger patients with IBD, so we may not be capturing those patients. And I, you know as I noted in the study that they noted increased NCI utilization in their younger patients and also the women in the study. So I'd love to see this methodologies employed in a different population that may allow for more generalizability. I'm also curious to see for future study designs, maybe including some measure of GI bleed, because that wasn't talked about in this study. We all know, as you alluded to when we started introduction, the risk of mucosal injury and stomach ulcers or gastric ulcers, which are, you know, synergistic with NSAIDs when you use them with steroids, the risk goes up. So I'll definitely have to see a study that will address that outcome measure, because that may give us some reassurance when we use this patient, uh, NSAIDs, at least for IBD patients. That makes a lot of sense. Validating these findings by doing a similar study in a non-VA population with younger patients and a larger proportion of women would definitely help reassure us about these results. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Phil. Thank you for having me. Thank you.